welcome to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I am very excited about this week's episode because we are breaking news here, people. We are talking about new spaces on the Disney Treasure and from, oh my gosh, uh, Jungle Cruise-themed bars to Coco restaurants. We have a lot to get into, so I don't want to waste too much of your time up top. What I will mention is that, uh, I is anyone out there like me where your brain feels like a cracked open egg based on the fact that it's still summer and it's like still kind of Labor Day weekend and it's 90 degrees outside in many, many parts of the country and yet it's Halloween time every year. This does the same thing to my brain. I don't understand. It's too hot out for Halloween, and yet the pumpkin keeps creeping earlier and earlier and earlier. I opened Instagram this week. My whole feed was people at HHN in Orlando, people posing in front of that big old Mickey pumpkin. And while I did myself break my own rule and have two pumpkin-flavored drinks within about 36 hours, which I never do, but I was tempted. I saw a Dunkin', and I've never near Dunkin', and I was tempted. Uh, the Dunkin' one was delicious. The Starbucks one was blah, which I never thought I'd say. Anyway, that's a total sidebar. I... I still just, it doesn't feel right. I want to know if I'm the only one, so do let me know. Because I know a lot of people love to bring in the scary season and pumpkin season, however you celebrate, if it's scary or not scary. Uh, not so scary. <laughs> but I, oh God, I'm i really not, I'm really struggling with it. Because I don't feel like I squeezed all the juice out of summer, and now I'm being pressured, pressured into a pumpkin lifestyle. Though the Dunkin' thing that I got was very, very good. I got a, a pumpkin swirl, which is different from a shot, I think. I don't understand Dunkin'. I will learn in due time, but... I, I need about two to three weeks before I can fully embrace the holiday season. But who cares about holidays? We got cruise ship to discuss, right? I'm going to turn it over to future me. But uh, again, uh, enjoy your little pumpkin treats. No hate, no shame. Uh, you enjoy them. And oh, I should mention, um, I was tagged in something uh, by a follower on Instagram who mentioned that the, macro, the Matterhorn macaroon is not currently on the menu at Jolly Holiday. Heads up. The regular one is not on the menu during Halloween season, but there is a Halloween version. Don't get confused because there is a macaron and a macaroon. We're talking about the macaroon. It's just basically like has chocolate and like chunks on it. Um, but it is still the classic Matterhorn macaroon. It, it costs more, I'm pretty sure, because of course... <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays. Uh, but it is still there. Okay, let's talk about the cruise ship. I'll be right back. Bye! The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome back. 
I am coming to you with breaking Disney treasure news. Yes, Disney Cruise Line is introducing its sixth cruise ship and has an explosion of news happening right now that I am lucky enough to get to you literally as it is coming out. There is so much we are about to talk about. A restaurant themed to Coco, a first look at so many of the new spaces. But the biggest deal here, at least in the very amusing universe, is that we are, for the very first time, getting Disney Parks attractions at sea. What took them so long? I have absolutely no idea. But who cares because we are lucky enough to be alive at a time when we can board a cruise ship and chill out at a jungle cruise bar. Oh my god. Now I will be explaining everything, absolutely everything within this episode, whether or not you've been on a Disney Cruise Line sailing or a cruise ship at all. But I just want to say up top that if you are interested and want to know more, definitely check out our Disney Wish episode. I will leave a link to it in the notes of this one, but I recorded that episode on board and after I sailed its inaugural media sailing last year. And we break down every single inch of that ship, the good and the bad. Being as this is the sister ship to that one, I highly recommend listening to it just if you want to dive a little bit deeper and maybe familiarize yourself with some of the things we're talking about today. Now, news about this ship is breaking as we post this, but as many of you know, as media, I was sent a silly little preview of it a few weeks ago when Disney Cruise Line mailed me a special package with clues and a treasure map of the ship, hinting to all of its contents. I posted a few Instagrams of me fully losing my mind about Spaceship Earth being on the treasure map, which we will get into. Spoiler alert, it's one of the only letdowns, which is a good thing, but also... But if you hear me mention a box or a treasure map in this episode, that is what I'm referencing. Everything on there tied back to the ship, so we will also be discussing what I think is coming next and why. And I don't want to toot my own horn, or I guess my own ship horn, whatever the, I'm blanking on the name of it, Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think I'm guessing real right with what I'm guessing. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. (laughs) But let's talk about this cruise ship and what we do know, because... What a ship, you guys. With Treasures theming being all about global adventures and inspired by Walt Disney's love of exploration, it's an ethos that weaves its way through many of the films and experiences we've already enjoyed and loved from Disney, but rarely see compiled together in one place. Finally, at long last, we will get films and properties that don't always get this kind of spotlight together in a brilliant and really cohesive way. Aladdin for example, fits so well here and actually lends itself to the ship's interiors wonderfully. The Grand Hall, with its gilded statue of the film's lead characters, honors a different kind of fairy tale palace while still retaining that Disney magic in a color scheme and Agrabah-inspired design that feels refreshed. I even spotted It's an artist rendering, but still, I spotted a Moroccan fountain in that image of the lobby. Can you imagine a Moroccan fountain at sea? Okay, I'm already too hyped about this ship, but we're going to get through it. Uh, You will find very similar spaces to the Disney Wish in layout and physicality throughout the ship because they are essentially, they're sister ships. They're very, very similar, but the theming here is different. And a good number of the newly themed spaces will be reflective of Disney's take on adventure. But as for the actual adventure you'll go on while aboard, you get that? The maiden voyage for the ship is end of next year, with sailing starting December 21st, 2024. The Disney treasure will be setting sail on seven night cruises to eastern and western Caribbean destinations out of Port Canaveral in Florida. 
If you haven't been on a Disney cruise sailing before and are just really starting to become curious about it, maybe because of, I don't know, Jungle Cruise Bar, know that the port is about an hour outside of Orlando, so doing a cruise and parks trip is totally feasible. Now again, as a reminder, this is all brand new and breaking news and just being announced. So, so far there's really not any explicit mention of where this ship will be going, but Castaway Key, Disney's private island, with its inclusion on the treasure map I was sent, essentially means it's a lock. If you are thus far tempted, booking opens to Castaway Club members as early as September 12th and to everyone else September 20th. Now, if you are curious what sets the treasure and the wish apart, we're gonna get into it. But before we discuss the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea pub and the Spider-Man dining experience and whatever the heck that Haunted Mansion reference is going to mean, oh my gosh, I just want to catch everyone up to speed on Disney Cruise Line itself, which has been around since the 90s. For a while, Disney Cruise Line had worked their way up to four ships, two of them older, smaller, more intimate, two of them larger, with more spaces and thus more people aboard. The newest ship, the Disney Wish, debuted last year, and the reason it comes up more than others is because it really shifted the form of the Disney Cruise Line experience. Those first four ships, despite being differently sized, are very alike in aesthetic, but the Disney Wish and now its sister ship, the Disney Treasure, which we are discussing today, are significantly different from the two styles of ships we'd seen previously, for better or worse, or at times a little bit of both, depending on who you talk to. One of the more discussed differences between the earlier ships, the fantasy, dream, magic, and wonder, and these newer ones, is a shift from three elevator banks to two, which sounds like not a big deal if you're not going on these cruises regularly, but it is a major point of ire, even from people who are fans of the updated design. The trade-off, in part, brings with it an expansive atrium redesign featuring a great hall with its own performance stage, a slide directly into the kids' club, centrally located bar, coffee shop hybrids, and a two-story staircase. This new design also saw a shift from all the bars being annexed off in this adult-focused nightlife district to appearing in plain sight, sometimes just steps from the main lobby. But anyone who had a problem with that will likely be dissuaded by the fact that this is where we're getting our first Jungle Cruise-themed bar at sea. Yes, Skipper Society, our watering hole themed to the famed Disney Parks attraction, will be located here, an open format bar between walkways just beyond that great hall. This occupies the space where the Princess and the Frog Bayou Lounge exists on the Disney Wish, and personally, I think this is going to work flawlessly. Jungle Cruise is a classic ride across generations and an opening day Disneyland attraction, and being cemented within this floating Disney experience at sea makes for a dining establishment that you don't want to be tucked away from plain sight. There will, obviously, be references to the attraction and its skippers throughout its design, which in the artist's rendering I saw still looks somewhat minimal, so think more like paying homage to the ride with neutrals and a camp aesthetic and foliage above instead of a full tilt themed bar. But it still does the trick, giving you that Jungle Cruise spirit at sea along with signature drinks and light snacks. Now, speaking of the light snacks, on The Wish, that snack at the Princess and the Frog-themed lounge is, of course, beignets, offered for a nominal surcharge, around two bucks. Here, from the reveal we watched last week, which is public as of right about now, it seemed to feature a liege waffle. I'm not really sure how that fits in with the Jungle Cruise lore. We could have gone for, like, 
a snack tray like you get at a fancy pants hotel bar with regional snacks from around the world, which would have been clutch. But hey, push a waffle, <laughs> be my guest. I'm not in charge of financials at Disney Cruise Line. That said, this place seems like it'll rest on the staff to play up the part of skippers. And if they do, whew, this is going to be the place to be. A small note for my future sailors. Its counterpart, the Princess and the Frog version, is listed as adult exclusive on Disney Cruise Line's website. But don't worry, because during the day, all ages can spend time here. No problem. Even bigger than a Jungle Cruise bar. Oh my god, a Jungle Cruise bar. Is that this isn't even the only attraction-inspired bar we've gotten thus far. We are also getting a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea experience. You'll want to be stuck inside. Shout out to my claustrophobic listeners. Periscope Pub. Now, this is a retheme of Keg and Compass, the pub aboard the Disney Wish. And let me say, this place got rowdy on the last night of our preview sailing. It, uh, it, was, it was a party. It was, it was a party vibe. It was a party. <laughs> Here, themed to the original film and the Disney World attraction, you'll feel like you're on board the Nautilus with what appears to be screens depicting the water outside, kind of certain porthole-style windows. There are also some really exciting adventures ahead when it comes to meals. Disney Treasure will have Disney Cruise Line's rotational dining, just like the other five ships. So for those who haven't been, essentially you move to a new restaurant and your waitstaff follows along with you each night. It's really great, and it's really one of the best parts of sailing with Disney. Here, there are three restaurants guests will move between, and as we've seen in other areas of the ship, restaurants aboard the Disney Treasure are quite similar to the Wish, but also have key differences. And don't forget, because Treasure will be doing longer sailings, you'll be in each restaurant more than once and experience different shows, which is what I personally am so excited about. 1923, the more upscale in theme, so-called fancier dinner aboard the Wish, is duped here with new homages to classic Disney animation throughout its design. But put 1923 aside because the fun is about to start. Worlds of Marvel will also be on this ship, and through the jigsaw puzzle of information we've been given, it appears this ship will still have its Ant-Man and the Wasp-led Avengers Quantum Encounter show experience from the Disney Wish. Details here are really hazy, but they've confirmed there will be an interaction with Spider-Man, so I'm guessing that the second night has a totally different show experience, and I cannot wait to see what's in store. And most excitingly... We're getting Plaza de Coco, a restaurant themed to the namesake 2017 Pixar film. It is the world's first table service restaurant themed to the movie. And I'm going to call it now. This is going to be the highlight of the cruise. I am not lying to you. Seeing footage of this while on a company Zoom, which was basically just a snippet of a preview, gave me goosebumps through the screen. Real ones. It's in the same style as Arendelle, a frozen dining adventure, which is essentially dinner theater in the round. But here, I'm sorry, it is such an upgrade. And here's why. Not only will we be getting twists on traditional Mexican food, sign me up, but the live entertainment is what drives this dinner home. The first night at Plaza de Coco will feature a mariachi band and bring Miguel, his parents, and Abuelita together in musical harmony. But the second night, the second night... Oh my god. The second night will feature Miguel reuniting with Hector and Mama Imelda. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see these character interpretations and transport them to the town square of Santa Cecilia for a Dia de los Muertos celebration featuring music from the film. Ah! Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself. And pro tip, I know this is not a tip episode, but if you are planning to go on this in the future, Lock this little note away. If you are dining at Paulo or Enchante on this cruise, which we will discuss in a second, or in the future, 
do it on one of the first three nights so you do not miss that second night show because I would go away for a week just to see that and I'm going to blindly recommend you do as well. What's wild is that's not all. Seriously, we got so much Disney treasure news this week. The onboard ice cream parlor and candy shop seen on all Disney Cruise Line vessels here will be called Jumbo Sweets, this time with Zootopia theming. I'm going to be real with you. I never really go here personally. If I'm on a cruise, I like my ice cream to be free. (laughs) I don't want to pay for it. But I know it's a hit with kids since a colorful Disney sweets shop is impossible to avoid. But the sculpture of Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde eating ice cream looks cute. Okay, I will probably never discuss this again. (laughs) Moving on. Theming was also revealed for the two smaller coffee shop bar hybrid venues off of the atrium, off of that grand hall. I kind of highlighted these often forgotten spaces way back in my Disney Wish episode, but any critique I'd have about there being so much alcohol sold so openly in so many places and kind of seeing the bottom line of that (laughs) as presented within the lobby is fully eclipsed by the fact that we got fantastic coffee here before I recorded that podcast episode with Andrew Barth Feldman and Joshua Bassett aboard the Wish. I believe they even had oat milk at sea? I'm a skim girl, uh, ride or die for life, but I'm happy for all y'all. Basically, all three of us got a great drink and we're so happy afterwards. Also, when you're standing in the middle of the ship, Cove Cafe is essentially on the moon. So <laughs> it's reliable, it's great, and it is worth spending the money. And the theming of the treasures, two little cafe bars, is quite good. We've got Hey Hey Cafe, great name, with some pretty tight design notes, scalloped seashells, furniture that pays homage to building seafaring vessels, and some of the best copywriting I've ever read. Listen to this. It'll offer an idyllic place for guests to energize their morning, regardless of how far they go during their next adventure. (laughs) Now that is a press release, people. Trust me, I read a lot of them. None are as good as that. Uh, Shout out to whoever wrote that. I don't know who you are, but call the Churros Hotline because you did a bang up job. And the secondary spot is a Mulan-inspired Jade Cricket Cafe with plum blossom flowers and a glimmering metallic counter. There aren't too many visuals on these spaces yet, but hey, hey, they sound great. Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses, and the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. It's like it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their ultra-form bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but 
actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aquamouse Water Coaster is also back with an all-new story. This time you'll experience the curse of the golden egg. Here's where I'm going to go on a tangent and emphasize that sometimes the top-level leadership, not a DZL, but at the top of the chain, is not really seeing their decisions through. Why, you may ask? Because the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse, the Mickey shorts on Disney+, Plus, this new style of animation they've been using for both Aquamouse attractions and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway on both coasts, one of which recently just opened? Yeah, they ended that program. Yep, no more. No more Mickey shorts. Last one aired in July. Maybe they think they have enough episodes already, but it feels very strange that four attractions in four different locations are now based off a defunct franchise. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It is weird that we have rebranded Mickey and Minnie and the whole gang to this style of animation. We've pushed it through the bounds of the Walt Disney Company. And now they're like, yeah, we're good. It's strange. It's strange that this is coming out over a year from now. And the the shorts will have been canceled for even longer than that. It's strange and I don't like it. And it feels kind of yucky. And it reminds me of the turmoil that is happening at the company on that end. So uh, I don't love it. I don't love it. Happy to go on the Aquamouse. Uh, upset about these series of events that have brought us to this point. Now, before <laughs> before I keep going off, we're just going to, we're going to segue into rooms. We're going to talk about the state rooms on this cruise ship. And switching it back to the positive, room design, I got to say, seems fantastic. It seems fantastic. As you know, I am not always this positive, but I just think the blues and the greens that they're using are so superior to the interiors of earlier ships. It feels so much more elegant. It feels cohesive. And the older ships are great, but the interiors are not my bag. And here it feels like a breath of fresh air. The imagery we saw of a standard cabin had a Moroccan tile-inspired carpet, and what appears to be a little bit of the treasure map we were given framed on the wall that's probably a placeholder, but it still has homages to Disney characters we know and love. The concierge rooms are themed to the Lion King, and suites aboard are themed to Jungle Book and Aladdin. 
And if you recall... From the absolute meltdown I had upon seeing Spaceship Earth on a treasure map for the Disney cruise ship, it is indeed featured on this vessel, but not in the way that you want. There's a Tomorrowland Tower Suite, which we're not even going to get excited about. None of us will probably ever see this, but also, I'm not loving it! The only Epcot homage thus far is annexed away for one party per trip, and it really reminds me of Walt Disney World lodging in a bad way. It's Epcot, in that it's silver and, I don't know, has glass? There's a cool bunk bed in there, but besides that, it's a great suite, but not much to write home about in terms of the theming. I feel like a standard room design is, or even the concierge room is superior to this, to peddling me shiny silver glass and saying, it's just like the Epcot, you know and love. Like, unless that place is pumped through with indoor ride smell, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. or there's like a Fignant audio animatronic, I'm not buying it. Actually, they should do that, Pete. That room would, they could charge so much more for that room. Okay, I'm not giving away ideas for free. I'm not giving away ideas for free. There are some confirmed duplicate locations on the Wish and on this new ship, Disney Treasure. Apollo is on this vessel, like on all Disney ships, as is Enchante, the fancy hoity-toity kind of restaurant, which is so good, but so elegant, so definitely not for picky eaters, and The Rose, their elegant adult bar. Seize the Adventure, the Broadway-style show that Andrew Barth Feldman and I absolutely lost our minds to. I We could not keep our joy contained at that show. That show will return, which, oh man. It's just another opportunity to see that brilliant stage show. Fantastic. Hero Zone, with its flexible sports court and play area with inflatable obstacle courses here, Hook's Barbary, the Untangled Salon, Senses Spa, and Fitness Center. This will also have the same rainforest room design as seen on The Wish, which is a touchy subject for people who are rainforest room freaks. Not that you're a freak, but you're a freak about it. You love it, because I know a lot of people are obsessed with the rainforest room. This design is different, so for people who love the original style, just take note of that. There will be a flex space inspired by The Lion King called Sarabi, which looks cooler than Luna. It's parallel on The Wish, which I feel like a lot for a lot of these spaces. Not that I don't like The Wish, I just really like the design of the ship. They will have Mickey and Friends Festival of Food, the themed open-air food court situation. Uh, You'd call it quick service, but there's no money. Um, On the pool deck, which is great. They're going to have the Toy Story Splash Zone water play area, which we've seen before. They're going to have the Kids Club. They're going to have Oceaneers Club, which, again, contains Walt Disney Imagineering Lab, Fairy Tale Hall, Star Wars Cargo Bay, and Marvel Superhero Academy, Edge and Vibe, which in the preview we saw looks to be almost exact. They will have the same, <laughs> the maligned <laughs> Quiet Cove adult space. It is very different on this ship, uh, and people have thoughts about it. It's not as great, which is what most people think, but alas, it will be here. Uh, Wonderland Cinema and Neverland Cinema, and one of the things they haven't confirmed but is all but guaranteed is Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, because you know there's going to be a Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Which brings us to our true adventure, figuring out what comes next. Now, I have some predictions, and if you're wondering how I discerned this, well, between the treasure map they sent to us and this interactive website that went along with it and all of the press information I was given, there are some holes, there are some gaps, and some more announcements to come. Now, on the box that held all the treasure map stuff that I was sent, there were eight badges on there representing Neverland, Jungle Cruise, Moana, Castaway Key, Haunted Mansion, Spider-Man, Coco, and Aladdin. A handful of those are now set. Spider-Man and Coco are dining experiences, Aladdin is the Great Hall, Castaway is a destination, Jungle Cruise is a bar, but Neverland, Moana, and Haunted Mansion are somewhat still in play. 
Yes, you could argue that there are plenty of references to Neverland already on the ship. For example, Peter Pan and Captain Hook will be featured on the stern and honored in spaces on board that are already on the wish, like Hook's Barbary. There will be a Hey Hey Cafe right off the atrium, but that also doesn't feel like enough of a Moana presence for a water-faring vessel at sea. So here's what I think I predict is going to happen. These are my guesses, my educated guesses. I don't have facts to go on, but I, I got a feeling I'm right on at least two of these. There will be a brand new stage show, and I'm predicting it's going to be Moana-themed. I originally thought it would be Coco due to its placement on the map near where the Walt Disney Theater is, but Moana would translate so well to the stage for their Broadway-style shows, and I just feel it. It's such a good fit for a ship with this theme. I'm all in. I'm chips in on this one. I'm, I feel very certain in my bones there will be a Moana-themed show. As for Neverland... I think we're going to get a Peter Pan-inspired bar. Perhaps it's where Nightingales is located on the Disney Wish, directly off the lobby, and kind of across from where that Jungle Cruise bar will be, a little more kitty corner. But it's a more upscale, light, and dreamy kind of space. And I think Neverland would really translate well to there. Which brings us to, oh my god, the hottest topic we've maybe ever covered. Where in the world is Haunted Mansion going to be featured on this ship? Maybe it's a dream, maybe it's a wish, maybe I'm just hoping, hoping for things selfishly. But I predict, I predict we're going to get a bar. And not just any bar. I think Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge, as seen on the Disney Wish, is going to get a Haunted Mansion re-theme here on the Disney Treasure. Now, why am I jumping to this blissful conclusion? Well, when I asked a question about it in the preview panel I attended, the panelists could not have been more cryptic, which means that you know something good is coming and they are holding back on announcing it. Till when? No clue. No idea. But what I did learn is that Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge is not on this ship, which leaves that area in play. If you haven't sailed on the Wish or aren't familiar, haven't watched a YouTube walkthrough, this space is essentially a very small, completely interior bar, which makes it ideal for a dark, moody space like Haunted Mansion. You can kind of compare it to Skyline, which is on some of the other ships, because it had screens behind the bar depicting, in the Wish's case, a view out onto space. And... It's just the type of thing that would make people like me and most of yourselves be pushed into going on a Disney cruise. And with this being the first time Disney parks are ever included in this way at sea, I just think it would blow people's minds. And because at the end of the day, it's kind of all about financials, it would definitely encourage people who haven't booked a Disney cruise to do so, especially over a different company's cruise. It's that Disney difference, baby. And let's just hope it works for us in the end. There are more questions that remain. Namely, why is there a Star Wars X-Wing on the map that hasn't fully been mentioned? Was that a reference to the kids' space? I don't know. There's also a little ode to Frozen. What will Triton Lounge on the Wish, a small themed space, be on this ship? And why, oh why, is there an Alice in Wonderland tea homage on the treasure map? Again, questions that remain unanswered, but I look forward to solving these clues and sharing with them with you as soon as I find out. Thank you so much for listening to our treasure episode. And again, I say this every week, but if you have questions about this ship, about these spaces, you want to know more, call the Churros hotline at 747-CHURROS and I will get on it for you. Let me know what you think too, because I'm jazzed about this ship, but I mostly want to know if you guys are. I mean, I hope there's a haunted mansion bar. Ah! Hey Carly, this is Jordan, and I have a 
super duper important question because I am a foodie and I love my snacks and I just need to know. Um, so we cruised on the Disney Magic in January of this year, but shortly after they had a dry dock and did some re-theming and the promenade lounge was changed to the Soul Cat Lounge. Um, and so my question is, when it was the promenade lounge, they would usually have like a little bar where they would serve chips and salsa and guac, com- complimentary chips, salsa and guac, I should say, um, at some point in the evening-ish hours. Um, and so I was curious if now that that's been rethemed to Soul Cat Lounge, if that complimentary chips, guac, and salsa service still exists in that lounge. Um, I know they do like a buffet, a late night buffet in, I think it's the little pub area, but I do remember walking by the promenade lounge and being like, ooh, chips and salsa, and just grabbing some. So I was just curious if that was still an offering because it was something that was really nice for someone like me who likes to snack. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, Jordan. So I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but unfortunately, when the space you discussed changed to Soul Cat Lounge aboard the Disney Magic, they did change the food and beverage offerings. And unfortunately, the chips and guac and salsa are gone. In their place is a for-purchase treat. You can get Zeppoli's, which are essentially Italian, kind of Italian-style donuts, Um, And they cost a few dollars, depending on if you get one, two, or three. But sadly, the chips are gone. And I know it's heartbreaking when something you love is removed from one of these spaces. So I feel you there. But they also have tableside Manhattans and martinis, which isn't the same as a chippy. But, you know, it it sounds like the re-theme is an upgrade in general. And I hope that you are able to find some other yummy snack aboard the Disney Magic or whatever cruise ship you find yourself on in the future. Again, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But next time I see you, uh, if I'm at the Mexico Pavilion, I will get you chips. And we will hang out. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, the chips. R.I.P. Okay. Thank you for calling. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and rate and follow on Spotify. You can give us a call day or night uh, when you wake up at four in the morning from a baby. I don't know, maybe someone else is experiencing that too at 747churros. You can also send us a voice note to 747churros at gmail.com or text it to 747churros. We are covered when it comes to contacts on the internet. And I, I do love texting and I do love emailing and I do love getting your calls. We have done a lot in the past week since the podcast came back. We will be working through them slowly but surely. And usually if there is any pressing matter, I will at least text or email you back even if it appears on the show later. So hit me up. I'm here for you. I'm here. I'm a resource. Use me. I'm like a library, but I'm a human woman and not a a building full of books. You can buy merchandise at very-amusing.com and you can follow me at Carly Wiesel on all the internet things and join the family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited terribly by me. Yeah, I'm traveling. I'm doing my best. I don't really know how to edit. I kind of taught myself one day when I had a last minute podcast and I'm just running with it. So if any of the the volumes seem weird, don't blame our sweet dear Jeff Fox. Blame me because this episode came out a little early and I couldn't get it done in time with the holiday weekend with our dear Jeff Fox. So sorry. Sorry in advance if this is me screaming at you in your car. Uh, is Is that all the things? Did I mention it? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 
Listen, uh, maternity leave was long, y'all. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I'm back. Uh, I still have a baby strapped to me while working. We're doing it. We're killing it. Everything's great. Thank you so much for listening. Truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you real soon. Hey, hon. It's mom. So happy to be back. I know I wasn't invited, but I'm so happy to be back. I don't care. No invite needed. <laughs> anyway, Super Nintendo, okay, I got to tell you, I got to come clean. I only know Mario with the mustache. But you lost me at Bowser because the only Bowser I know is Bowser from a group that used to be Shanana in my time. So some of your viewers might remember that. But um, you're going to have to take me and show me around and teach me because I don't know. So I researched the Dole Whip. Um, I'm definitely going to buy this doll whip, but guess what? In Illinois, it is sold throughout the Jewel chain, the grocery store, the Jewel. I am so excited because I'm definitely going to pick it up. They, too, carry all three boxes, all three flavors, the strawberry, pineapple, and mango. So I'm definitely going to go by what you said and try the mango and the pineapple, so I'm very excited about that. Well, my darling, I know I'm going to see you in a few days. I am very excited. I can't even sleep. I am so happy to see you, and I'm so happy because I'm so obsessed with your little Pearl. I love you. I love you, Pearl, and I'll see you in real time real soon. Bye, sweetheart. Great, great episode.